Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 310. And I am talking with K today. Um, I think I'm going to call it family who doesn't see the mess. So we talked about several things. We talked about craft room strategies for keeping things under control, keeping it decluttered. We talked about seasonal stuff and decluttering clothes and closets. And we talked about family who maybe doesn't see the need to declutter or, or wants to do it, you know, the bigger mess way, which if you listen to this podcast, I'm hoping you're all in on the not making a bigger mess while you declutter method that we talk about here. We also talk about dealing with, you know, inherited and sentimental stuff, the idea of like, should I save this for the next generation or not? Um, so anyway, those are things that we we covered in this. I did want to remind you that through the end of November, you can get 14 days to opening your front door to guests for $4 using the code podcast. Um, I'm also running videos. I believe this, I'm scheduling this to come out after November has started. So the first 14 days of November, hopefully if everything goes well, um, we will have videos up every day, kind of talking you through that process. But if you want the printable version uh, with all the checklists and everything, you can get that at aslobcomesclean.com slash 14, like one four. And just use the code podcast to get it for $4. All right, here we go. Here is my conversation with Kay. Kay, here we are. Um, We're going to talk about your house and your things that you have done that you are excited about and the things that you still want to keep, you know, getting some input on. So I'm very thankful that you're willing to join me here and talk to the whole world. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. I am married. We have four children. The two oldest are married and out of the house. The other two are still at home. My son will be 20 in a few days and the youngest just turned 16. We homeschooled all the way through for the youngest three from kindergarten through high school. And now I'm down to one homeschooler and she's got this year and next year. And then I don't know what I'll do. How are you doing with that? I'm starting to feel it because I've only got one more year of homeschooling stuff to plan uh, because we've already started this year, of course. And I have thought about it a lot. I have a friend who's in the same situation. Her youngest graduated a couple of years ago. And it's much like when people retire, you think, oh, I'm going to do all of these grand things. And then she says, "I've, I've just not been able to get to any of it. It's been a couple of years. So at least I have a friend who's in a similar situation, but yeah, I'm a little, I wouldn't say I'm worried, but I've been homeschooling for well over 20 years. So it's going to be, it's going to be a huge change. Well, and it, it, it's your identity a little bit too. I mean, not to make this, you know, more traumatic for you or anything. (laughs) No, 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 I'm fine. (laughs) No, I just, um, like I had, you know, my next book comes out in January. And so we did the final stuff about a month ago, but they have my bio from my, I guess my previous books. I don't know. You know, it's the same general publisher. So they pulled it from somewhere and I was like, can we change some wording? Because I feel like I'm in a different phase of life because my kids are older and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about, not that I'm not their mother, not that I'm not completely, you know, all in with that, but it was just like, my identity is different than it was six years ago when I wrote my first book, because 
my kids just are, I have one in college and one who's about to graduate, you know? So yeah, I get it. It's a, it's a weird time for us, but it's also so not about us is the part that I'm realizing. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, we got to just deal with it. It's about them. So Right. I agree. I agree to go off on all that, but anyway. Um, all right. So let's talk about what is working for you. Like what's the strategy that's had the biggest positive impact on your home. The thing that I think has helped me mentally the most is the, the idea that less is the goal. It's not perfection. And that if I have to re declutter, I haven't failed. I've already made it better. Um, I think it's the take your house back course Mm -hmm. where with Dawn as a minimalist, seeing that she occasionally goes through and declutters has really cemented that, that it's not, it's not a failure. If you still have to do that, everybody has to do that because things come into your house that you use for a while, no longer need you children outgrow clothes, grownups outgrow clothes. Um, but (laughs) we wear things out. I mean, it, everybody has to deal with that. And so hearing that as you're not a failure, if it doesn't stay perfect was a really helpful mindset change for me. Well, and I mean, you know, me, and so, you know, my story is the same as that. I mean, that is, I feel like that's one of the most pivotal mindset changes because when you are thinking I don't do this well. Someone else does this well. They're done. I'm not. And then you think that the goal is being done and then it can never happen. Every time you try, you can, it's like, Oh, just realizing this is a lifelong thing. People without clutter continually declutter that that's just truth, reality, fact, whatever. Um, and even if the people who are doing that don't realize that's what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like for some of us, Mm -hmm. we have to consciously say, I must get rid of things where other people, it's just so completely logical that you bring in a new winter coat. You're going to get rid of a winter coat, you know, whatever, but yeah. Okay. So tell me something else that has been a, that has positively impacted your home. Um, one is there's always trash. (laughs) I I don't remember what the space was, but it was something like a a shelf someplace that I was sure had no trash and there wasn't a lot, but there was some. And so just that reminder, look, there's probably trash just about anywhere. And so that was really helpful because it always gives me a place to start. If I feel like I'll never get this done, I can start with trash and the donatable donate box. Those are two things that helped tremendously because I can make a final decision and I don't have to look at it again. Our goodwill will take everything. They'll haul it out of the back of my car and they don't ask any questions. Yay. I put a donatable donate box in my car this morning. We had set it next to the laundry area and gradually filled it up over a week or so. And all I have to do is haul it off. I don't have to find another container for it. Right. And what you just said about the final decision, it's that freeing thing, you know, talking about the stage of life that your kids are in, that my kids are in. I can remember being in that stage of life and being overwhelmed by all the possibilities. It was like, oh, wait, I've always thought kind of like you were saying, I've always thought that I could do this and this and this and this. And then sometimes when things happen, you know, or situations happen where you like, okay, the decision has been made. okay, good. Then I don't have to stress over that anymore. And I feel like it's the same thing with the donatable donate box. It forces a decision and yet that's a good thing. Yes. I agree with that because I don't have to agonize it over again and again. I don't have to handle that item multiple times and doubt myself. Right. So that actually, it's surprising how much of a difference that I don't have to worry about this container. Again, I have to worry about this box again. It all goes. Right. Which in reality, in the past, you may have, or people may have, I may have, I don't know, used sometimes something that I was going to donate sometimes that I wasn't, but being purposeful about saying, no, this box is going to leave. I cannot put it in anything that is not going to leave my house makes that, that huge difference. This episode is sponsored by better help projects. So many 
projects, taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style, gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so let's talk about some of your um, areas or things that you want to discuss to get some help on. Okay. The biggest one is my craft room. Mm. It's a great space. I remember early on in some of your podcasts, you talked about dreaming that you were in a house and suddenly there was a room that you didn't know you had. Yes, I completely relate to that. I've had virtually the same dream over the years. Yeah. And this space really is kind of like that. It's a great room. And when it's relatively clear, it's inspirational. It's not necessarily that it's remarkably beautiful, although I like it, but having so much stuff in there actually hinders being creative. So I have fabric, not a huge fabric stash, but more than I absolutely need. Uh, And I have yarn in there. Uh, What else is in there? I have a table with things, with tools and things on it. Uh, what else? There's some scrapbooking kinds of things. So it's not necessarily scrapbook supplies, but photographs from family trips that are just sitting there, not getting put in a form that we can enjoy. Um, The other thing that's taking up quite a bit of room, and I really kind of struggle with how to handle this. I have had a business, so I'm online and attending craft events, and I have hand-dyed yarn and sewn project bags. Right now, all of my, almost all of my events have shut down for a year and a half. We don't need the income from it. So it's not a stress as far as being out of business in that sense. 
but I have a fair amount of product that needs to go somewhere. And it's really difficult to think of just donating it. I could, mm -hmm. but likely most of it would get tossed at some point. And I feel like there's probably a better solution. There used to be when I was attending events, I could do a free table for anything that didn't matter, but I'm no longer able to do that. So the other thing is I kind of think I know the answer to my question and I'm just not going to like it. Okay. <laughs> but that's the situation is, is clearing the craft room enough that I enjoy using it again. So tell me what you think the answer is. I think the answer is first get rid of the trash. And for the most part, again, I'm probably wrong. Put away things that have a home, but that's not that room. I don't think there's a lot of that because it really has been dedicated to craft. There's a computer in there that we use some, but primarily it's craft and sewing and that kind of thing. Um, the hard part is my container is overflowing. Yeah. And I think it's got to be pared down. Right. That's what I hear. Um, I do think you're exactly right. You know, the process, you know, the five steps that it starts with trash. And the next step is the easy stuff. Um, meaning stuff that does have a home somewhere else. The, one of the reasons to start with that too, is that it gets, like you said, you've experienced in other spaces, it gets you into the space and it gets you to start looking at the space differently because you're looking for trash. You're not looking to make a decision. You're just looking for the trash. And so just remind yourself of that part of the process that looking for the trash and doing the easy stuff is ultimately going to like shift something in your brain about what's in there. And so that once you go through those two things, and then you walk back into the room, your brain is going to be I don't know the psychological stuff. I don't know if it's even officially psychological. I have no idea. It's just that it's that look, look, always look like the impact. Like there's a huge impact in that for some reason and doing the trash and the easy stuff means that you have to look, but you're doing it non-committally, but then you're aware of what's in there so that it's less intimidating, but yeah, ultimately it comes down to the container concept. So the first thing to do would be to do the trash, the easy stuff, and then straighten, you know, straighten the room mm -hmm. as far as like, okay, you know, you know, that there's pictures, you know, that there's scrapbooking stuff, you know, that there's business stuff and putting those things, you know, consolidating those things together, go through the process. I mean, obviously get rid of any duh clutter things that are obviously in like, wait, why did I have this in here? I stuck it in here. Cause it seemed creative. So that meant it should go in the craft room. And now I'm like, wait, I should have just donated it. You know, so just go through that process, but really focus on that last step of the consolidating. So, you know, like bringing all the like things together, making sure they have a home, like what kind of a setup do you have? Do you have, um, containers for things or is it, you know, how is that set up? The room is actually finished attic space okay. so that the walls slant from about four feet up, they slant. So most of my storage is below that has to be below that level. Okay. So I have, they're not Ikea, but they're, the, I think you get them at target, but the shelves with the little cubby baskets and stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. They, so some of them have that. A lot of them are just open. I do a little bit better if I can actually see what's there. Yeah. I'm less likely to lose track of what I have. A lot of my business stuff is in plastic totes because that's easy to take to shows. Um, I have some blue Ikea bags that have um, product again, because it's, it's been easy to haul to, yeah. uh, to events. Um, and then I have, um, I think it's a six, six foot table. There's actually two of those uh, with the computer and with my sewing machine. So those are spread out there, but that's generally there's a, a work table in the middle that has a fair amount of stuff on it. And so that's where it starts feeling particularly out of control. Yeah. yeah I think that, um, first of all, it sounds like a dream space. I, it I mean, really kind of is. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where the dream, and I think this is a common thing I hear from people all the time is I got the dream space. And then I start to feel a little bit overwhelmed because dream spaces feel like they have no limits, you know, <laughs> it's that that part of it. So, so you kind of described it and I'm picturing 
very purposeful storage in some places and then other places that maybe have kind of collected. Yes, that's okay. a very good description. Yeah. So go through, go through the same process and especially focus on the most visible space first, which I would assume is that work surface that has kind of collected stuff on it. Yes. You know, so, so make, you know, the visibility rule I usually use as a way to prioritize, you know, the overall house, you know, start at the front door where people would come in, but it can also just work in a room. It's like, okay, because everything feels overwhelming. And because it's a space where things are put away in little places, it feels like I could just kind of, you know, just start over here or start over there. And it starts to feel kind of random. So, you know, starting with the most visible space first, because those are things that likely you brought into the, to the room put there instead of putting it away. So they either need to be put away or they need to be, you know, maybe there are things that actually don't need to be there and they can be duh clutter or whatever. Um, and then it really does come down to the container concept. I mean, it sounds like you have a really nice setup. And so then embracing that and letting that be the decision for you. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it makes me, it makes me honestly want to cry when I think about it, but you know, like the reality that we are in, um, I just saw, you know, that somebody I follow on Instagram had this big tour planned in October and has canceled the whole thing, you know, and it's like, or not canceled, but postponed, but it's just like, oh my goodness. You know, so it's that reality acceptance of, okay, I don't know when I would start doing this again. I don't know if I would start doing this again. I mean, that's what I feel like I heard you say, right. You're not for sure. Yeah. It's, as I said, it, it's not, it's not a financial pressure to continue, but it's something that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. We were, I'll actually have an event that's happening the end, actually not quite the end of October, but my family had COVID in August and my husband was hospitalized for several <sighs> weeks. He's doing much better. Good. Um, and he's home, he's back at work, limited hours. But what that meant was, even though I had the weekend free, I didn't have time to prepare so that this one event I had for the year, I'm not able to do. Okay. So it, it really may come down to, I just can't maintain this anymore. It's okay. Well, it's sad, but it's, we're, we're fine. I thought, I don't want to suggest that it's a, a financial issue for us. Cause it's not, but right. Well, and I'm not going to sit here and say, you need to make this decision. You know, that's not my style. Like that's not. Sure. So my, my thought on this, because I think a lot of people will relate to what you're talking about because this is the, please let it not be more than two years of limbo for all of us. I mean, we're all just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I had made a huge order of my books for speaking events, like in January of 2020, you know, well, they're just sitting there. Well, at some point I am hopefully, you know, going to be doing that again. And so it's worth it to me to, to give them space. So it comes down to what space do I have in this room to say, this is my business space because we are living in a time of limbo. So, um, the things that I'm doing right now, the things that I am, you know, using to help me stay creative and cope through this time. I mean, you know, let's just be honest because we need that kind of stuff too. So this stuff that I'm using to cope deserves priority space, but it is completely valid to say this corner with boxes or bins, that's going to be my storage for when I can start doing events again. And then it helps you go, it might in your brain go, I don't want to use that storage for that. And that might help you make your decision or you make it a a limited space. That's not going to encroach on the stuff that you need to be doing now. And then you say, okay, well then what's most important for me to keep these items are the ones that have the longest shelf life. I don't know, either style wise or actual physical properties. I don't know, but you know, or they are the most expensive. And so these would be the hardest things to replace. So I'm going to give those things priority and I'm going to use this container, whether it be tubs stacked to the ceiling in one corner, although the ceiling is different for you, but um, (laughs) with the shape of the room, but, but you know, like this is going to be it. And that's going to be my decision. Cause I'm not going to say, well, then get rid of all of it and just you know, deal with it. Cause I mean, we got enough going on right now, you know, that maybe if you have the room, 
and it would be traumatic to let go of that part of your identity. I mean, keep it, keep it, just, just acknowledge the reality of the space that you have and whether you are able to keep it and it not encroach on the things that you need for every day. Now, this would be a totally different conversation if you were living in a tiny apartment with your four kids being little and you were in the home all the time and it was taking up an entire bedroom and y'all, I mean, you like, so there's a whole, the space that you have is the space that you have. And so enjoy that and, and realize now, as far as getting rid of some stuff and, you know, it being difficult to get rid of because of partly that identity or partly, um, you know, I, I don't want to just donate it, but I would have been able to have a, you know, extras table or whatever. Are you on, you're on Facebook, right? Cause you're in the Facebook yes. group. Okay. Yes. You have no idea. You might, it would be something that you could say, normally I do these events. This hasn't been a thing. I'm letting go of some of the things. And so here, this Facebook post, either to your friends or whatever is my extras table that I would normally have. If that would help you get rid of it, if you, cause the problem is if you know that there are things that you should let go of, and yet you feel like there's not a perfect way to get, to let go of it, you know, figuring out the way or to say, there are people who would be thrilled right now to find this stuff in a thrift store. Cause there really are. I mean, yeah, there's somebody who might need the income right now. Um, and would be excited to find these, you know, materials either a friend of yours or or whatever. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of getting rid of stuff that's I've had for a while that hasn't sold. Just let that go and use that space for the things that are more likely to sell in the future. I think that's really helpful because there are some things in there that are it. Like I said, what I primarily have are hand dyed yarns and sewn project bags to, to carry your, your knitting or crocheting project or whatever it is. But I have some stuff that I made when I first started that don't really fit that very well. Um, there's some aprons in there. There's some, there are bags, but they're more like diaper bags. You could use them for something else, but some of that stuff I've had for a few years and it hasn't sold. So that's something I think it could probably comfortably give away, uh, possibly even just donate it. That, a uh, uh, handmade diaper bag might be a real blessing to somebody. Uh, well, I mean, you think if somebody store. might, if it's brand new, I, I mean, someone might give it as a gift, you know I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've had times in my life where I was looking for new stuff at a thrift store because, you know, I mean that that's just a reality for different times. I think, um, when you say it like that, it feels like you're saying, okay, this is a blech, situation that we're living in but I'm going to use it to my advantage and have it help me do something that maybe I should have done anyway. You know, like mm-hmm. as far as let go of certain things that I just kind of kept taking with me and taking with me and taking with me, you know, and that there's going to be freedom in that. Yeah. And it, oddly enough, and I think it's probably been discussed either in the group or actually on your podcast, there is a surprising amount of comfort in somebody who's virtually a stranger on the internet saying, it's okay to get rid of that. And just having somebody give you permission, even though we both know I don't need your permission to do that. It really does help when you have somebody in your ear saying, it's okay to let that go. Chances are you're not going to regret having that space. Well, and business wise, even I think about, you know, I heard, I think it was Henry cloud. Is he the one who writes the boundaries books, but um, sure, maybe I heard him speak at something. And I think his newest book or something is basically about pruning things out of your business, you know, as far as like, and and how hard that is, like how hard it is to say this thing right here takes more of my energy than it actually gives to, you know, the business or how how it helps the business grow. And he was comparing it to trees and plants and things. I don't know much about pruning. I feel like I always do that wrong, but, but he's basically saying, you know, like, that the reason you prune something is because it's taking energy, even if it's taking the energy of the space that it's taking up in your home and it's taking the energy of the mental, Oh, what am I going to do with that? Well, that's, that drains you and you're not able to focus on the creative part, which is the part you really love. You know, I think part of it, when it's something that I made, 
it makes it in a business sense, it kind of adds to the the pain of getting rid of it because this is something I thought was going to work and it didn't. Yes. And I think that probably adds to some of that anxiety. But if I have a clear, clean space, then it opens it up for the next thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you feel like you have the perspective you need on your craft room? I do. And just again, back to the permission thing, the, the permission to keep some things that this is just a tough time for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if it takes a little bit longer to see how things shake out in the world before you make a final decision, that's not unreasonable. Yeah. So it kind of helps to have that encouragement. Well, and I want to clarify something because it just crossed my mind, but you know, when I said it would be a different story for someone in a tiny living space who needed Mm -hmm. that space for their family. I also want to make sure I say that it would also be another different story if you're in a tiny living space and that's the thing that you're doing to survive. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I think sometimes people are like, well, but I have to do this thing actually to survive, to, you know, provide for my family. And it's making our lives, you know, more difficult because it's a lot of stuff involved. But if that's what you have to do to survive, survival is always the best answer. I mean, you know, like thriving is great, but thriving doesn't happen if you don't survive. So that's my little preaching break because, you know, cause I don't want anybody to misunderstand that and think, oh my goodness, you know, I really need this, but she's saying I got to get rid of it. Anyway, second question that you, or a situation that you'd like to discuss. The second thing on my list is help with things that I need, but rarely need. Uh, an example is I live in South Carolina. I occasionally need warm clothes, but I don't need a lot of them. And I may, some stuff I may only want for a few weeks a year, but if I didn't have it in my house, I would have to go buy it. Yes. Uh, Same thing applies to things like the baking stones I use for Christmas cookies. I'm only going to use those likely one time a year, but if I didn't have them, I would have to buy something to use. We have a family Thanksgiving here. So the big platters that I'm not going to use very much, but that's, I definitely need them then. So ideas for, for rarely used, but needed items. So you know what I'm going to say, right? It all comes. The size of my container is the size of my (laughs) container. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it does. It's it's the two, it's two things there. It's the, where would I look for this first and acknowledging whether or not you would actually look for it, like acknowledging whether you would know that you saved it or not, or if you would go and buy it again anyway, because you said, you know, these are things I would have to buy. And that might be the case, but when it's something that's used once a year, um, So, you know, I, um, when I lived overseas, they talked about, you know, you will never adjust until you've been here a full year because you have to know, because once you've been through a year, then you're like, okay, this is what happens in February. This is what happens in June or whatever. So that one year test, I don't like to say, keep it for a year, but looking back a year and saying, do I use this consistently? not all the time, but do I use it consistently? I mean, I'm speaking as someone in Texas and we had what I think is like the official scientific term. Now snowmageddon is what everybody calls it, you know, but we did, I mean, we had like what we never thought would have happened. I mean, like, and so we were all thankful for any blankets that we had and coats that we had. And so it's like, no, there, we don't always need them. There are winters where I never get out my big coat and yet I do need to have it. So it ultimately comes down to the container concept and with that. Okay. So the container concept being, you know, do I have the space to store this stuff or do I not like if I legitimately don't, but if you say, okay, I need to have a good winter coat for each person in my family what is the space that I have for that? And that may determine that we don't get to have six options because like, I can see how somebody who lives in Chicago, which is the coldest place I've ever been in my entire life in the middle of winter, but somebody who lives in Chicago could justify giving space to different styles of coats, you know, like maybe a shorter one and a longer one and blah, 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 you know, where we, 
if, if you don't, if I don't have the space for that in my Texas home, I can't justify that. So it's like, okay, I may not get to have something to go with every single outfit, but this is the space I have. And I do need to have a winter coat so that if I'm stuck in my home, I've got something warm, you know, to, to keep on, or if I have to go out, whatever, but you know, uh, with us, if it's super cold, it's usually also, we can't leave the house. (laughs) I can Um, definitely relate to that in South Carolina. Yeah. So, so it basically just comes down to the container concept, the realities of your situation and the realities of your space, because that's needed. You need to have a coat, you know, and you need to, if this is something that you make every single year and you specifically need this, is there a place where you would look for it first? And do you use it consistently, even though it's not daily or even weekly, but yearly is consistently. So mm-hmm. So giving that kind of space, but then also look, always look and go to that space where it is and go through the decluttering process there, because the problem can be like, oh, okay, I have a space for winter coats. So every time I find a winter coat, I shove it in there. And because of how my brain works, I don't really realize that I am literally shoving it now. And it's got, you know, so making myself say, okay, this is the space that I have for that, but it's a limited space. I'm going to go look through there and there's a decent chance having, you know, your kids being at the age that they are, if this is not a space that you've purposefully decluttered recently, there's a decent chance there chance that there are two small coats in there or that you got a coat somewhere and didn't get rid of an old one or whatever. So giving yourself permission to say, yes, this deserves a space. And yet I also need to go and look through that space and make sure that I have been purposeful about it. Yes. And I thought as far as children's specifically coats, I don't know if it's a problem. My daughter, she's actually really good about going through clothes and getting rid of things that don't fit, that don't suit her anymore. My son will, but he's in college right now, and it takes a little bit more to get him to do that. He's very polite about it, but then he doesn't get around to it for a while. Yeah. My husband's actually really good about going through things. So I have to say, it really does come down to me and my space. Because my children are older, I largely let them, Mm -hmm. as long as their clutter stays contained to their rooms, I let them deal with the consequences of, I can't find something, (laughs) but something really hit home a minute ago when you said, I realize I'm shoving things in my closet itself is full, but it's not too bad, but I have another space where I have hand knit scarves and shawls and gloves and hats. And that precisely describes what I've been doing to that space because it's squishy. I can squish a little bit more in but I'm also not really using a lot of it now because it's crammed in. Yes. So yeah, if, if it's come down to, I have to shove it in there. It's time. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love prep dish. Every week I receive an email from prep dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style, gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like prep dishes, super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Okay. What else would you like to talk about? Uh, the other, it kind of rolls off of that, I guess. Advice for working with other adults. I don't have any little children in my house, so mm -hmm. it's not a matter of sit next to mommy and we're going to go through this. As I said, my daughter's pretty good about decluttering, but working with my husband, we have at this point opposite styles. We were clearing out a closet, uh, actually a, a whole room. One of our daughters got married almost a year ago and she, her husband's in the military. So they moved really far away. She couldn't take everything with her. Couldn't take very much actually. So we said, we'll clear out stuff. We'll pack up your stuff. I'm thinking I'm going to start at the door, throw away the trash and work through that way. My husband goes to the very back of her closet, pulls everything out and hands it to me to go through. And I found it very stressful, but what it kind of came down to was this is the help I have. I guess it's just conflicting styles. Any advice for coping? Okay. So you have a good perspective in that you're acknowledging this is the help I have. And so I'm not going to be a jerk about it. <laughs> you know, it sounds like what you're saying, like, okay, I'm yes. going to accept that I have this help. And okay. But let me ask the question, who is working on it for the longest and finishing the project? Is it, is it temporary help? Like who's in charge technically? Um, is it temporary help? Like you're working on it and then he comes in and helps for a couple hours or is it, he's working on it and you come in and help for a couple hours. Most of the time it I'm primarily in charge of those projects. This was one that I will say was both of us. Okay. Uh, we both knew that this was a project. Neither of us was, was doing this project directly for ourselves. It was packing up our daughter's stuff right. to either ship or hold for her until they came back. They're actually back in the States now. So all now, were of that you, stuff is hers. Were you packing it all or were you decluttering it? We were decluttering Okay. Uh, to some extent. And then I even sent her pictures. Oh, t-shirt quilt actually comes up. There were t-shirts that were kind of worn out, but I knew she loved. I sent her photographs as I was doing. I said, do you, what do you think about these? She said, well, I hate to see them go, but I guess I should let them go at this point. So I pulled out ones that I knew were her favorites and actually had them made into a t-shirt quilt. Good for you. So that was really fun. So yes, to, to get back to your question, it was, there was trash, there was stuff, not a lot that belonged in other places, but it really was a whole decluttering process of, yeah. we had to go through every single item so and decide what to do with it. I think, I mean, there's no perfect solution. I, I mean, like you're right in that that, you know, you, you need to be thankful that you're working together, but, but I would say some conversation ahead of time for let's make a plan so that, and you can say, you know, <laughs> you know, I've struggled with clutter, right? <laughs> you know, I've been working on my clutter and, you know, and I will say this as the person who my husband doesn't seem to love it. When I remind him all the time, I'm like, you do know that I'm like, one of the world's leading decluttering experts. Right. <laughs> and it's like, he doesn't want to hear that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> How dare he? Uh, like, why, why do you anyway? So I get it. Like, I get that it's hard, but at the same time, it's like verbally saying, okay, I know this is hard, but I don't, you know, taking it on and saying, I tend to get very overwhelmed when everything gets pulled out. Um, you know, that, ends up making me shut down or, you know, when I have done that in the past, I end up getting frustrated because I've made the worst, better than the, the situation worse than it was before, you know, that kind of thing of saying, okay, here's the plan. Here's the five-step process. I spoke with somebody recently who, um, needed, it was going to have somebody come. She's been making progress, but she was going to have someone come in and help her. And she like said here, get this book from the library, read this chapter. I mean, she could quote off exactly the helping other people declutter chapter. Oh. I don't know which one. It was. I think she might've said 18, but I'm not sure anyway, but she, she said, you know, read this chapter and she printed out, you know, my five-step decluttering process, which you can get, um, when you're a newsletter subscriber, go to a slash five F I V E. And you can get that a copy of that, but she printed it out and said, here, this is what works for me let's follow this process, you know, keep me on track. And so, you know, even, even to say, 
I'm going to run in there first and get the big black trash bag and start throwing away trash. Just, just as some, I don't know, the word that's coming to mind is social proof, you know, like, like proof here, here's my Mm -hmm. proof that this really does work. Like, look what I've already gotten rid of. And it's not a total disaster in there yet. And none of this is perfect because the reality is sometimes people just want to do it their way and they, they start doing that. And so you just have to make the best of it, but it is also possible if he pulls everything out for you to still focus on, well, I'm getting rid of trash right now. So you're still walking around getting rid of trash. Yeah. But I don't feel like there's a perfect answer. Okay. And I agree when you have different styles and different things that make sense in your own head, uh, it can be difficult to, to work together when your style's conflict. It was not a horrible experience, but it was a bit overwhelming to me because it was, let me bring this giant pile of stuff. You go through it and I'll go back and get more stuff. And, but he was also really good about it said, okay, this stuff goes and he would make sure either he took it or got somebody to take it away. So having somebody to once I have either trash or a donate box, somebody to get it out of there, take it to the dump right away, take it away from where we, our house right away is actually huge. That's really helpful. Even if I'm the one making 90% of the decisions, yes, it makes a big difference to get rid of it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I feel like, and I'm not for sure if this is your situation, but I feel like a lot of times when I'm talking with people about this, part of the issue can be, I feel like it's hard to assert myself about knowing about a specific way to declutter when maybe this is somebody who knows this is a struggle of mine. Like, I I don't know if that's you or not, but it's like, you know, to say, I know how to declutter when they've actually seen all of my clutter, you know, it's like, uh, you know, but just to say, okay, I have been making a lot of progress and this is what really works for me. And this is, and it, it does work. But when I do it the other way, where you pull everything out, I get super overwhelmed and shut down. And that's what I always used to do. And I've been doing it this, you know, so I, mean, I think it's just that communication. I mean, just like everything in life, but, um, but then also folk, you sound like you're focusing on the positive, which is that he he was getting stuff out of there, which I would assume would gain some real momentum over time. And it definitely did the, her, her room actually is behind where I'm sitting now on the other side of the wall, more or less. And now that we've got her stuff packed, there's a few things that didn't make it to her, but it's not very much. The room is now the most decluttered room in our house. She didn't take the furniture. She has her own new furniture. Okay. But yeah, I think it helps to acknowledge that you have different styles and appreciate when you do have help. And it's, I don't certainly don't want to make my husband sound like an ogre. He's, he's very, no, you sweet. didn't he ever complains about if something is a mess, we've been married 31 years. I can't think of a time that he's complained about it. He's possibly offered to help if we were having people over, but for the most part, he's, he's very easy to work with. And yeah. it, but just that one moment where I thought I really have a way I want to do this. And then to feel overwhelmed with everything piled in the middle. Well, and I think that too, a lot of that comes from, there are a lot of people who don't know that there is actually a step-by-step plan for decluttering, you know, like my plan, but, but, you know, I mean, like (laughs) a lot of people don't know. And so they just think decluttering and it's this ambiguous thing. And so you kind of just start doing the things that you think to do. And yet there's actually a step-by-step process that will work you through it. And so, you know, just pulling out that printable, you know, would probably help and say, let's follow this. Um, Okay. So you had one more thing you wanted to talk about. Yes. You actually kind of addressed this on a recent video about inherited items. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child and I inherited a fair amount of stuff from my grandmother, as well as all of my parents' stuff, like all of my parents' stuff. This was quite a few years ago. It was my mom died 18 years ago and my dad 14 years ago. And I was just overwhelmed in that moment. And this was the time my husband was truly my hero. After a few days of trying to go through stuff in their house, I just couldn't do it anymore. He said, 
here's what we're going to do. We live out in the country. We do not have an attic. We do not have a basement. We do not have a garage. What we do have are storage buildings, one of which he built at that time and hired movers to pack everything up. So it gave me a lot of time to make decisions, but on the downside, it was a lot of time to make decisions. But um, now I've gone through a lot of it. A fair amount of it is gone. My question is not only making decisions for what's important to me, but how do I make decisions that my children, for them in the future, for the ones that the oldest that remembers grandparents, the youngest who does not. Yeah. But I well, that's like what I was going to say. If it's been for them. Yeah. If it's been 14 years, how old is your oldest? The oldest is actually my stepdaughter. She is in her late thirties. Okay. So, and then the one that just got married is 29. The younger three are ours together. Okay. Um, she's 29. My son will be 20 in a few days. And then the youngest is 16. Okay. So I think having this conversation with them and saying, I am ready to clear out that storage thing, which what I know of this generation is that they're going to go, Oh, good. I, I mean, like, that's what my kids would say. Like, yeah, it's about time. <laughs> they don't, they don't seem to be as, and there could be differences, but they don't seem to be as attached to things like maybe I was at that same age. Like I'm going to have to keep this in my grandmother's and this, you know, and just to say, is there anything you know of that you want? And most likely, I mean, I'm just guessing, but most likely it might be something you already have in your home because that would be what they would associate with those memories because of, you know, how long ago it's been. And then just say, you know, I'm anything that you want, you know, put it in your closet. If you're thinking it's for your home for the future or, um, you know, go ahead and take it, uh, but it's got to fit in the container, you know, of, of their stuff that, that they're going to keep for their future. And then the, the thing for me, and you mentioned the video that I made the thing for me, as I brought stuff in from my in-laws home was it has to have a place within my home. I mean, that was lovely what your husband did, you know, like went ahead and took that pressure off of you because you were dealing with enough, but now you're at this point where you're ready to make those final decisions. So, so things aren't living in limbo, you know, anymore. And so, and I've said limbo a lot in this episode, but anyway, okay. <laughs> but, how low can you go? <laughs> right. Um, but just to say, okay, I'm at this point. And so now I'm either going to give it a place to treasure it, or I'm going to let it go because it's not doing anything positive by sitting in storage with there not being a future for it. Like if it sits in storage for, you know, and maybe even for your kids, if your kids are like, no, I'm going to want that someday. Okay. Well, you have the storage unit, the storage shed already built. All right. Well then you can have this section of the storage shed and you can have this section of the storage shed, unless you need it for other things that y'all you know need right now, but say, okay, this is yours for the future. This is yours for the future. You can store your stuff there and let them pick their favorites until their section is, is full. You know, so it's like, if, unless it's somebody is planning to use it at some time in the future and they are in this phase of life where, you know, that makes sense, it needs to have a real actual place and function in my home because otherwise it's wasted, which is not what you want, right? Yes. It doesn't honor their memory to be in a plastic storage bin in a right. storage building. It's, it's not really doing anything if there's no plan for it to go anywhere. Something that you've said about your own mom really rings true for my mother and her mother and my mom's sister that they had a higher clutter threshold. They could have a lot of stuff, but their home was always clean and tidy. Mm -hmm. And that definitely describes my grandparents' generation and to a large extent, my mom. So we, when we went to pack stuff up, I thought, well, it's not that bad. Our house is clean. And then you realize that closet is stuffed full of things. Yes. I have a box that and my husband's also been very sweet about this one, because with the bathroom damage, we had to pull out this plastic tote and it had wedding gifts to my parents. 
1963. There were linens, things that had never been used for the most part. And I said, there's not really a good reason for me to keep that. But when I open it, it smells like home. And he just said, well, that's enough. That's enough. If it's, if it fits in there, it's not a problem. But those are when those decisions become hard. But I also realized those were things that they kept literally until their deaths and never used them. Yeah. And I find that. Which means that it's really, there's not really memories for you attached to that, right? No, it's not. And that's why I keep thinking I should, I should let that go somehow. Although they actually could be gifts to people who like vintage things. I mean, they were, they were nice gifts from the early 1960s. True. And, but I will say, unless you know who to give it to, who would love it and can get it to them quickly, then it might be better. I mean, like I have to remind myself, I'm like the people who love this kind of stuff search in thrift stores. Like that's their favorite place to go. And like, it is a huge jackpot to find something that's never been used. There are some stores specifically like antiques kind of malls, that kind of thing, possibly to ask at a place like that, um, because that's going to be probably a little bit better place. Even if I donate it, that might be a better choice than just goodwill. Um, But well, I mean, to give some of the stuff that I feel like I could ask my children, are you interested in any of this? And Mm -hmm. if the answer is no, I could clear out another spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like, you know what, you know what you need to do, right? That was a lot of what I thought before getting ready to talk to you today. I thought, I think I know the answers. I just don't really want to do it, but I know. I, well, and, and so we've talked about four different situations. Yes. So start with the craft room, start, mm-hmm. you know, start with, start with one thing. Don't be like, okay, I got off the phone or got off zoom and I've got to go, you know, it's like, okay, start with one thing. and start with the visible, you know, working through that process will keep you from getting overwhelmed because it can be like, Oh, I think I know what I need to do. I just don't want to. Yeah. Like you said. Okay. Tell me what your favorite thing is about being a patron. I think it's what almost everybody says that (laughs) it's a, it's safe to say, this is what I'm dealing with. And nobody jumps in and says, well, how can you not have that under control? Everybody's very supportive. They say things like, you've got this. They say things like, did you sneak into my house and take a picture? The, the kindness and the support in that group is remarkable given the atmosphere online in a lot of places. It is one of the kindest places on the internet. That makes me happy. Yeah. It's, it just, it's such a gift to feel understood and, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to say, okay, I can be honest here and I'm not going to have people jump down my throat, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. And, um, for anybody who is interested in being a patron of the show and getting into the super secret Facebook group, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. Anything else that you wanted to talk about or say, or ask before we, um, I think just briefly that the reason this, your five-step process has worked so well is it works well for sentimental, creative people because it takes the emotion out of it. It's not a case of let's work with your personality. Those of us who are like that and are sentimental about things really need to take that emotion out of it. And your process absolutely does that. Trash is not emotional. Stuff that already has a home is not emotional. Stuff, why in the world do I have this? And the size of the container limiting that, all of that, takes completely takes the emotion out of it, which is exactly what the other things that I tried to do failed to do. It was, does this make you happy? Does it spark joy? Does it, does it make you feel good? Well, yeah, I'm creative. I can think of a lot of ways that that's awesome. And just taking the emotion out of it makes a huge difference for me. Yeah. There's such value in that. There's such value in just facts. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. just, and you know, I feel like I always tell people, I'm like, I feel like most of what I do, what I've had to do with myself. And then what I teach people is reality acceptance, just 
because sometimes it's just so frustrating. I don't want to accept reality. I don't want to accept the limitations of my space or the limitations of my personality and my ability to handle things. And, and it's like, if I just take that out of it, then I go, Oh, okay. Well, that makes all of it easier. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you being willing to um, come on here and talk with me. And um, I think it's really going to be helpful. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you, Dana. I enjoyed it. Good to visit with you. It was fun. Okay. Did y'all like that conversation with Kay? Um, Don't forget that if you want to learn more about what it means to become a patron of the show and to join our Kindred Spirits super secret group, um, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. And um, you can find out more about about that there. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.